The content of this recording is copyrighted by Sandler Systems, LLC. All rights reserved. This is the Building Blocks of Success with Glenn Matson. Welcome, everyone. Today is Season 4, Episode 5 of Building Blocks of Success. Today we're going to be taking a look at when we look over our shoulder, when we look behind us, when we look at the past, how do we take what we've done and learn from it and not have regret? So today's conversation is about regret. Come on the journey and learn how to have lessons from regret and how to let go of regret. Let's take a good journey and have a conversation. You know, it was interesting. I was lucky enough years ago to have been blessed to have coached these same children, same kids over many, many, many years um, as a lacrosse coach. Everyone, when they were down and they were four or five years old, all the way right up until they were uh, really entering into high school. And having the ability to, to see these individuals grow and become young men has been really, really, really one of the special things in my life. And as we take this building blocks of success episode today, and really looking at episode five on regret, I wanted to share with you a conversation I had with a, a few of these individuals. Now, when I was coaching, I would tell you that my skill set not necessarily was the strongest thing in the world in teaching them how to play lacrosse. My skill set and the strength I had in having it was having them believe in themselves that they can play lacrosse, to take the risks, to have confidence, to have courage, to learn from failure, all the things that we're talking about in our podcast, but in the world of sports and in the world of lacrosse. And as these kids became older and became young boys and then young men and became men, we've had a relationship that has really trans transcended over 15, 16 years. And many of them, when they go to college, they come back. And of course, many of those individuals are friends of my son. And today I wanted to share with you some reflection on a conversation that I had that as you start to listen in, maybe you can hear your own world in this conversation. Maybe you can hear yourself even in some of this dialogue. And we were sitting down and having a, a a drink, doesn't make a difference. It was a beer or a glass of wine or an iced tea. We were just sitting down chatting and there was about six of us and there was five of them and myself and they were sharing with me where they've moved to, you know, some of the job changes they had. And as always, which is a blessing, I believe, is they they really started to ask questions. And the questions were things like, you know, a coach you know, what happens if if we're really leaning into a job, yet we're not getting satisfaction from it? What happens if we feel like we're being abused or used at work and they're they're working us too hard, right? And I'm putting long hours on, but I'm not getting recognized. Or I love what I do and, you know, should I keep staying at the same place or should I, should I potentially look at moving one position to another? So as we started talking about all these what ifs, things that are common questions that you have either early on in your career, or maybe some of you are having it now, right? And they were asking about working hard or working for somebody else or working for yourself. And when do you take risks? And what happens if you're not happy? And what happens if your belly button says one thing and yet you're doing something different? And we had really great conversations. And as we started going through the conversation, I, I found myself leading and having a chat with them about decision-making. 
and decision-making around their personal lives and their career. And really the thought process of understanding how to make a decision and, and how to own your decisions. And with that comes one of the things that popped up was regret. And one of the young men mentioned that he didn't want to have regret on making the wrong decision. And we had a lengthy conversation about decision-making and how decision-making is part of regret, part of regret's part of decision-making, but they are very different. So come on this journey with me as we start to talk about decision-making, about the lessons and learning that we have and what regret is. And, and hopefully that in the time that uh, I'm going to share with you today, you're going to learn some things maybe that you can utilize moving forward. And again, it's around regret. So let's talk about a few things first, okay? So we got to look at decision-making because decision-making, I mean, if you look at regret, 76% of all business owners have regret for sure. 88% of all business owners will tell you they regret they didn't have a business plan earlier on in their career. So regret is not something that is a negative or is only just with uh, the people that didn't make it, right? So let's take a look at regret because regret by definition is really looking at the outcome or a decision that was made and you're hoping that something was done differently, a different decision was made, or maybe I shouldn't have tried it. So let's take a look at what this means for a second. But before we do that, we have to look at really what decision-making is. So decision-making is something that we do thousands of times a day, right? We first wake up and we have the snooze button. And that's our first decision, right? Um, you're going to get up, you're going to roll over. So there's, there's always these decisions that we have to make. So let's take a look at it for a second. Now, granted, I'm talking to you in a podcast. So just stare ahead for a moment and believe that you're looking at a watch, right? Just believe that you're looking at a circle in front of you for a second. And, and where it, it is at noon, right? The, the highest part of the clock is really going to be about your attitudes and your beliefs. And, and that's a sign, for instance, that we would put right there, Velcro, boom, right where it says noon, attitudes and beliefs. Then right around three o'clock, we're going to write the word filters. And so first you have your attitudes and your, your beliefs. Those create filters and those filters are at three o'clock. Now, when when you have an issue that goes through your attitudes, goes through your, your beliefs, those create filters. Filters really impact your decisions. So decisions are at six o'clock. So if you think about, again, the clock, uh, midnight, right? Uh, the top of it is your belief systems and your attitudes. And that really flows to your right, right? Uh, clockwise, three o'clock is the filters that you have. And then at six o'clock is the decisions that you make based on those those filters. So that's at six. Then I want you to think about at eight o'clock. It's a little past it is we have the results of those decisions. And after results is 10 o'clock, that's outcomes. So when we look at it, we have our behaviors or beliefs, right? Our attitudes will dictate filters. Filters will then create our decisions. Our decisions will give us results and the results are outcomes. So for instance, if you choose not to study, right, the, the, the result's going to be is you're going to get a low grade uh, and the outcome is you're not going to have the ability to pass or you're going to have to go to summer school or you're going to lose um, a scholarship, for instance, right? Let's take it at work, for instance, if you decide not to make prospecting calls. Well, the result is you're not going to be seeing enough people and the outcome is you're not going to be making any money. 
So, um, you know, if you're afraid to ask for the close, well, the, you know, the result is, is you got a lot of follow-up. You don't know where the hell you are. And the outcome is you're not making any money. So we have to look at this wheel for a moment and, and understand that the decisions that we make create the results that we live in. And those results ultimately create the outcomes that we call life. So one of the things I want you to realize is that we can't necessarily complain or bitch and moan about the outcomes of our life or even the results of our life because the outcomes and results are the output of a decision that was made and the decision is ours. And those decisions are preconceived based on filters that we have. And those filters are created based on attitudes and belief systems that we have. So when we look at decision-making and, and you realize that, okay, I gotta be better at decisions. Well, to be better decision-maker, you sometimes have to change your filters. Right? And you have to have the ability to not like and not appreciate the results and the outcomes that you've been getting. Right? And, and a lot of times people will look at the seesaw of change and say, hey, when do I change? I'll say, well, it's pretty easy. When the decision that you have to make is less painful than the outcomes that you're getting based on the poor decisions. Means that if if you need to go to bed earlier and you're waking up and you know the outcome is you're dragging at work and you're not being productive well it's pretty easy the decision is you go to bed earlier or you continue having lousy days at work and not being productive right so you have to look at the seesaw is is what's more painful the outcomes that you're getting or the decisions that you're making to get the outcomes and you'll notice that when the outcomes are really that significant and that bad or that strong, you will then ultimately change your decisions. Right? So it's understandable that we need to understand the circle of a decision. Now, with that, we have to understand regret. And regret's a little different than sadness. See, sadness is when you make a decision in the past. And that decision is something that you're saying to yourself, oof, I should have done something different. Maybe you say, oh, I could have done this. Maybe you say things like, man, why didn't I do this? Or why do I always do that? And a lot of times you've heard me talk about this. It's called the critical parent. We have this little parent that sits on our shoulder. And one of those little parents has a huge foam finger. And it's the one that does a lot of pointing. And you can hear it. You should have done this. You, why didn't you do this? You should have, could have, would have. And that's your critical parent. Now, a lot of times when we look back at the past and we relive something that already happened, that's creates sadness. That's normal. But when we relive that sadness over and over and over again, and it immobilizes us, that's called guilt. And you've heard me talk a lot about guilt in the past, right? So guilt is absolutely a futile emotional state. You don't learn anything from it. All it does is it keeps you immobilized and keeps you in the present moment. And it, it just, it's like quicksand. So you think about something that happened in the past, you can't change it. And because you're thinking about it, you're reliving it emotionally. When you're reliving it emotionally, then your critical parent jumps in and starts doing the shoulda, coulda, woulda, and just beats you up. That's guilt. Okay. Now that's a little different than what I want to talk about with regret. Because guilt is just a learned uh, mental process that doesn't allow you to let go of your experiences. See, Experience is your past. Experience is when something happens and maybe it's not what you want to have happen, right? And that's just that's how risking takes. 
uh, risking is is doing something that you're hoping for a positive outcome, but you may have an alternative outcome. And, and some of you look at that as failure, which is a problem. But you know, listen, I'm not saying everyone, you should be giving yourselves up a thumb up every time you try for something that doesn't work out. But you have to realize every time you try and it doesn't work out, that's called experience. Experience is learning from the past, learning from what you could have done, learning what you could do better, learning what you can do more of. So when we look at the past, if we can have a lesson from it and, and there's a big end here, and we let it go, that's called experience. We learn from it and we let it go, experience. If we have guilt, we can't let it go. So it festers in our head. So that's a little different, right? A little different when it comes to regret. And let me share with you what I mean. See, regret, as you take in the information, you process it. And a lot of times what I find is, is that Regret is based on a lousy decision that you made and you knew it was a lousy decision in the beginning, but you did it anyways. More times than not, regret is sometimes morality, ethical, uh, not legal necessarily, or I hope not, but sometimes legal. But part of regret is really focused in on when you're making the decision you know deep down inside what you're about to decide isn't the right thing to do. You know it. Now, your belly button tells you this. It doesn't mean that you're afraid. It means that you shouldn't be doing this. Your spidey sense says, man, this is not a good thing for you to be doing right now. And you do it anyways. A lot of regret is when you have the spider sense telling you that this is something you should walk away from. This is something you should not bet on. This is not something you should participate in. Yet you still go, yeah, I am. And it could be for many other reasons. But at the end of the day, regret is really about a negative outcome or a poor decision that you made that was almost knowingly knowing it was a bad decision, but you did it anyways. A lot of regret does not come from unexpected outcomes that eight, nine, 10 years later, like, oh, you know, thinking back, I really probably shouldn't have done that. That's not really a lot of what I mean by regret. See, when we first make decisions, a lot of the decisions we made are based on experiences that helped us out. It could be fear, right? Where you were lucky not to talk to strangers when you were four years old and now you're 35 and you can't understand why you can't get referrals. Well, that's not helping you anymore. Right? That 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 script that we have of don't talk to strangers was great when you were three, but it's not doing you so good when you're 30 or 40. So sometimes these scripts have to be rewritten. But when we talk about regret, regret is you're looking at a situation and your body's telling you this is not something you should be doing right now. Your body turns around and tells you and says, this is something that you should probably pass on and you know it and you know it and you know it, you do it anyways. So regret, for instance, when we were talking to some of these individuals, he said, you know, I understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, I had a situation where we were at a company outing and the, the owner went to bed, 
two of the other people said, Hey, we're going to go out. Come with me. And he's like, you know, everything in his body was leaning towards just go to bed. Nothing good happens after one o'clock. And sure enough, they started to do things that got out a bit out of hand. And next thing you know, it, it snowballed and became a problem. And he knew the entire time he was doing it, this is a bad idea. Now, that's regret. Regret is when you start something you know you probably shouldn't be starting. You know it deep down inside. Your spider sense is going on and you're not listening to it. So I, I want everyone to understand the difference between really decision-making, guilt, and regret. Very, 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 very different. Remember, at the time you make a decision, you take the information in, whatever that may be. Maybe it's about making a phone call. Maybe it's about closing a deal. Maybe it's about saying goodbye to somebody, right? Maybe it's saying hello to somebody. But you look at it and you walk around the decision you have to make and you evaluate that. Now, we've talked about how to evaluate decisions in the past. I'm not going to go through the 10 steps. But when it's time to, to make a decision, you're just not doing it solely emotionally, right? And that's one of the big problems with decision making. But you have to keep that into account. But when you look at it, you look and you walk around the decision that you have to make and you're asking yourself all the different questions. Is this the right thing to do? Is this prudent? Am I going to do this? Is this right? Is legal, ethical, et cetera? At some point, you make a decision that you're going to do this. And that decision is yours. No one else's. You can't blame anyone else for outcomes or results that are decisions you made. You know, No one's got a gun to your head. So one of the things about decision-making is once you make the decision, you have, to, you have to own two things. And this is really important for everyone to get, right? You have to own two things. And I'll explain what I mean by own in a second because I'm starting to get on the soapbox here. You have to own the decision you made. Whatever decision you made, did you made to do it or not to do it? You made to, to, to say it or not to say it? You, you made a decision to move or not to move? Whatever it is, you made that decision. You got to own the decision. You got to own the fact that it was up to you to make that decision in the environment that you were in. Here's what you looked at. Here's the filters you used. Here is the decision that has to be made. No one else makes it but you. That's yours. You got to own the fact that you made the decision. Second thing you have to own is once you make that decision, it's like a domino. One domino hits, another one hits, another one hits, another one hits. Now, sometimes those dominoes stop after two or three. Sometimes, Oh my gosh, a whole house can fall down by simply one domino being knocked over. But you own the decision to knock over that one, that one piece. Now, when that one domino falls down, whatever happens after that domino falls down is your responsibility also. You can't say, well, I didn't think that was going to happen and I didn't foresee that to happen. It just means you weren't looking far enough ahead in your decision-making process, right? So you got to own what choices you make and the results of your choices. You must learn to own all of it. When you learn how to own all of it, it changes the context. When you own your decision, you own the outcomes. One of the things I want you to start taking a look at is not necessarily was this a good or bad decision because you made that decision. 
what you should be looking at when it comes to regret is why did you, what caused you to, when your spider senses were going crazy not to do it, what made you decide to do it anyways? What made you decide to do it anyways? Listen, I have plenty of people that will make goals and they just sit there and they start swinging for the fence. You know, it's not what I'm talking about with regret. Regret is, is that when you put together a plan and whatever your plan calls for, if you got to swing for the fence, then if that's what your plan calls for, then you got to get up there and swing for the fence. But what I want you to realize is that you got to have a plan and that plan has to have some thoughtfulness to it. And before you take action, you got to remember IPDE, you have to look at the plan and make the decision that you're going to do everything that that plan calls for. Because a lot of regret comes from when we say, you know what, I should have put some more time in and you chose not to. And now you are where you are. So you regret the decision that you made. I want you to realize regret usually comes from when you know what the answer is and you do the opposite anyways. The reason I'm sharing this with you, a lot of my clients in the 50s and the 60s and 70s, some are in the 40s, right, and very successful entrepreneurs. Regret is something that you want as little as humanly possible on. Because regret is decisions that you know you shouldn't have done, but you did them anyways. Could have been things like, I didn't do enough due diligence. I just made an emotional decision and now it's killing me, right? That's regret. So as you start to look at your life and you start to look at your career and you start to look at things that you're going to have to do, are you going to have to work harder than maybe some other people that's in your department? Hell yeah. No one, no one can take away your ability to work hard. No one can take away your ability to be detail-oriented. No one can take away your virtues and your values of being a risk-taker. But there's a process on how to be a good risk-taker. There's a process on how to be a really good decision-maker. And it doesn't mean that you're just making decisions and hoping for the best. I was talking with someone yesterday, and we were going through his plan, and I, I asked, I said, well, let me ask you a quick question. Let's suppose this doesn't work out, then what? And he told me what worst case was, and worst case was really, really bad. And I said, Andrew, what's the percentage of likelihood that you're going to get this done? He goes, well, I'm going to try my best. I said, that's not what I'm asking you. What's the likelihood? And we talked about roadblocks. Then we talked about what has to happen from a stoic standpoint for him to even have a possibility of success. So I asked him, I said, it sounds like maybe... You have a lot of desire for this. You have a lot of commitment to it. I'm not challenging that by any means. But do you think you're risking more than you can lose? And we have to ask ourselves, being a good risk taker is strong and smart. Being a prudent decision maker is critical. Putting those two together is entrepreneurship. Good risk taker, good decision maker. But your strong entrepreneurs do not blindly swing. They do not make decisions without having data, without doing the due diligence. So when you look at yourself and you look at what you've been learning in 2023 and looking forward in 24, don't be confused with critical parent and sadness and guilt and shoulda, coulda, woulda, but take a look at 
regret. Take a look at how to minimize your regret. Take a look at how to go back in time and ask yourself, are the decisions I'm making today really in the best interest of me and my family and my business? I have regrets about work. I regrets about the amount of time and energy I spent at work and the times that I knew I shouldn't have put work first and I did versus family. So those are decisions that we make. And when we make those decisions, we have to live with the consequences. But it's not about accepting failure. It's that I knew before we did that, that this is probably not a good idea. And then after it was done, I'm like, yep, not a good idea. So I don't want you to think risking is something I'm asking you to do less of. No, I want you to be a really good risk taker. Life without risk is death. Knowing how to take risks, being a good risk taker is vitally important for success. Being a good risk taker also means that you understand failure and you don't, you know, to like it, you just can't be afraid of it. So when you look at your risking and you look at failure and you look at success, just make sure that we understand where regret is. Regret is knowing what you did is something you shouldn't have done. You knew it up front. You did it anyways, and you had that belief or that mindset that, ah, we'll do it anyways. Let's see what happens. Or they did it. Why not me? We have to make sure that we're not working on the wrong end. I don't want you to think that being a smart decision maker means that you're being wimpy or slow. It just means that you're going to make a decision that you're going to own. You know, fuck. it just isn't work. Right? Regret has more to do for more people on the personal side. If you look at the Journal of Personality and Social uh, Psychology, you know I'm a, I love that stuff, found that individuals who harbor regrets about their personal lives also you know, have a tendency to experience a lot more stress at work and a very lower life satisfaction rating. So individuals who harbor regrets about their personal lives experience less satisfaction in their roles, i.e. success at work. They have a higher level of stress and a much lower life satisfaction. So these issues are cyclical. I told you how much entrepreneurs will, 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 will regret not having good business plans, not regret having more confidence in the beginning. Others will regret keeping the wrong people employed for the way longer than they should have. But if you're sitting in your bed thinking about where you are at work, and you're saying shoulda, coulda, woulda, I would have you let those words go. Think about when you're making the decisions. Reflect. Think about how you're feeling about where you are and where you want to go and what does your inner voice really tell you? Now, I don't want your inner voice to be the fear, right? Fear is going to tell you to run like hell a lot of times. But there is a, a very strong sense of our sixth sense. You got to listen to our belly button, right? In tune to that inner voice. Um, your feelings are not in tune. Are those feelings anxiety because you have fear, but you're excited by it? Or is it because your spider sense run like hell? Got to make sure that you do a good job planning ahead. 
looking at what the plan is, what the risks are, when you have to make decisions, what's best case, worst case. It's going to help you with that. Also, make sure you understand about learning from your mistakes. Regret is the atomic bomb. Regret is not something that is called a lesson. So don't dwell on regrets, okay? Always look at how you can improve your decision-making at the time and why you chose not to listen to your internal voice saying, walk away. Next piece is make sure you have realistic goals that are set up. And these realistic goals really have to be true with the time, energy, and effort it's going to take to be successful. One of the uh, kids I was talking to felt regretful that he moved away. And as we started to talk, his regret in air quotes was because he wasn't successful, yet he risked everything by moving away and to be successful. And he's thinking back at all his friends having fun and doing things that, uh, you know what, I maybe should never have moved. Yet, as we started to talk and really reflect on what he's done, what the lessons were that he learned, could he have learned that if he was still in the town and he came to realize that he became or is becoming his new person because he had enough courage to go out on his own and become really what we would consider his own man, right? His own person. So I really want to thank you for joining me on this insightful exploration. And let me leave you with a question to reflect on. How can you leverage the lessons from your past, from your past regrets to actively shape your future decisions? How can you leverage the lessons from your past regrets and shape them to your future decisions? Think about that. Think about how to eliminate regret by making better decisions and listening to your internals. And until we talk, as always, keep being the best version of yourself. Talk to you soon. This is the Building Blocks of Success with Glenn Matson. 